Praise the Lord and welcome to our cross time with Pastor Curtis here on Friday morning in Queen City, Texas here in our studio. We're excited to be sharing with you this, this, these great sessions concerning Bible faith in light of the cross. Everything that the child of God looks at in the Word of God must be seen through the light of Jesus Christ and Him crucified or it's not going to work out for us like we want it to, like we need it to. We won't, we won't have clear vision. We were given vision in the born-again experience when we placed faith in the blood and we keep that vision and that vision glow, grows clearer with better discernment along the way as we keep our faith in the cross of Christ and study God's Word and the Lord illuminates our path of righteousness which is always the fruit of biblical faith. The Bible calls it the righteousness of faith. The path of righteousness because of faith. The fruit of righteousness because of faith. Understanding that all of God's words are in righteousness because of faith. Holding God's word in its righteous context is always the result of true biblical faith. And this morning, we, we, we want to look, if you want to go ahead and be turning in your Bibles, to James chapter 2. It's where we left off last week. And we're going to see some, I think, very important things today that some of us may never have known. Some of us have tiptoed around and others have anchored to this and are learning these things. And even all of us, though, need more depth of what we have. Hear me clearly. We know the cross is the answer. Some of us. We know that we have to look through uh, the cross to experience, to understand the Word of God. We, we, we've come, some of us have come to that conclusion and rightly so. That's the way where the Holy Spirit leads us. But we have to begin to understand more. You can know the cross is the answer, but you must get understanding of what that means. And that's a never-ending learning discipleship that we are involved in as we take up our cross and follow Christ. So James chapter 2 verse 17, we were here last week. We'll start here uh, today on this second day of July 2021 and this is part 11 of cross time. I'm sorry, part 11 of Bible faith in light of the cross. So uh, verse 17, James chapter 2 says, Even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead, being alone. If faith is not working, it's dead. It's, 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 not, it's not legitimate. Because, listen, we're going to say this today, faith works. If it's not working, it's not faith. It's dead. It's something dead. It's, it, it's something I'm trusting in that's not legitimate with God. Now, so get this. We're going to walk our way through some things today 
at a kindergarten level, that's what the church needs. When we leave the simplicity of Christ, the simplicity of the words of Christ uh, to try to uh, reach some scholarly level and try to, uh, listen, all that really is about is ourselves instead of exalting Christ there's that, there's that issue that we all have, we all have of wanting to be exalted. And it's a dangerous place. And let me say this before we go any further. There are only two things all of humanity can trust in. Only two. You say, well, I, I disagree with you, preacher. There are many things we could trust in. No, in God's view, in God's eyes, there are only two things that man can trust in. He can trust in the promise of a Redeemer, which is His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the living Word of God, and what He did as the Lamb of God. That's, that's the one thing. That's the one object of faith God has offered to all of humanity. The only other object of faith, hear this clearly today, the only other object of faith God sees out of the thousands upon thousands we could name, they're all one and the same to the Lord. It's a four-letter word called self. If it's not faith in Jesus and what He did at Calvary, it's faith in what I'm doing. That's, that ought to help you tremendously if you are far enough along uh, moving toward the, the meat of the word, uh, getting off the milk. If you're growing, th that, that'll help you. There, you can have your faith in the purpose-driven life, the celebrate recovery, the, the purpose-driven, the government of 12, thousands of things that we can dabble in and try to build up and trust in, but all of those are about self. The deception that the enemy brings into the church through men that these are things God is using to help us to grow is a lie. They're all things, they're all distractions that would cause us to put our faith in them. It, listen, if we're not going to trust, if we know that we're to trust in Christ and what He did at Calvary, why do we need some other thing to help me. We don't. The Bible says I'm complete in Him. Colossians chapter 2 verse 10. Think about it. If I'm complete in Him and I was placed in Him when I trusted in Him and what He did for me on the cross, then I don't need all these other things. I'm going to say it again before we move on into this today. There are only two objects of faith in God's vision that God sees. God sees all those who are trusting in His Son and what His Son did at Calvary. And God sees everybody else as trusting in their self, what they think, the, the, the objects they've run after, after uh, due to the lust of the flesh. That's all God sees. That's all God sees is faith in Christ and what He did at Calvary or faith in self because trusting in anything other than what Christ did on the cross is ultimately trusting in what I think I have to say, I have to do, I have to, for, for forgiveness or for, for deliverance or for uh, uh, any grace at all. Grace doesn't come to me by what I do. 
or because of what I'm called to do. Grace comes to me because of what I'm believing. And we're going to see some things about that today because I've said it throughout the years. We function the way we function based on what we think. And we think the way we think based on what we believe, which is what our faith is in. And 90%, my friends, are higher, higher, I fear it's 99.9% of all the church will tell you the cross is the answer, but it's not what they're trusting in. It's not what they're trusting in. They're still reading the, the, the Zodiac stuff, the whatever that stuff's called. They're, they're still uh, accepting these, these fads into their church and the preachers are allowing it. And, 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 and if you'll do these three things, if you do, and it's all distractions because self is a place when I'm trusting in anything other than what Christ did, I'm trusting in self, what I do, what I say, what... Faith doesn't work there. Faith doesn't work there. Faith only works when it's in Christ and what He did because it's what He did by grace through faith that ushers into our hearts. It's that grace, it's that faith that we live by. Paul said in Galatians 2 and 20, so let's look at these two words, faith works. Faith works. And the Bible goes on to say, Even so faith, if it has not works, it is dead because it is alone. People say, I have faith. I don't know why everything's not right in my life. I don't know why I'm still trapped in this. I don't know why faith works. What does faith work? Faith works the will of God. Because true biblical faith is what God, by His grace, which is what God working really means. God's grace is what God does. That's why the Holy Spirit is not just the Spirit of truth that offers to teach us truth and to guide us into all truth, but Hebrews chapter 10 says the Spirit of truth is also the Spirit of grace. That means what God will do in us and through us if he finds faith. Because faith working is God working in and through us by his spirit. Come on now. See how, the, see how the, this is simple. Faith is not us just deciding to, to do something or even us deciding to just Make the decision to be obedient to God. No, it takes the Holy Spirit for anything to be legitimately God. Faith works by love, Galatians 5, 6. Faith works by love, not by circumcision, not by what I go and do, not by what I eat, not by what church I go to, not by how many Bible verses I read a day. Faith works by love. And that love was offered to us at the cross. That's the faith Paul the Apostle said we live by, the faith of Christ. We live in this flesh body by the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave himself for us. So faith, if it has not works, 
is dead being alone. No, all works do is justify that your faith is not dead. You need to remember that. Works justify and manifest that your faith is not dead. But get this, it must be the work of the Holy Spirit. And it is not the work of the Holy Spirit just because I'm saved. It is the work of the Holy Spirit exclusively because my faith is in what He did in Christ. What Christ did by the eternal Spirit. Hebrews chapter 9. What Christ did by the eternal Spirit. The, the, the grace that Jesus tasted death by, Hebrews 2 and 9, by faith was through the eternal Spirit. The grace, the faith, the Holy Spirit, the eternal Spirit, the Spirit of truth, the Comforter, the Spirit of grace, all of that functioning in my life today in biblical reality, not what men say, biblical reality according to biblical truth is only going to flow into my life because I'm trusting in today, not yesterday, last week, today. The Bible says now faith is. Whatever you had going on yesterday is gone forever. Today faith is. Now faith is. You need to understand that faith works. If faith is not working, it's dead. And when the Lord points out certain individuals in the Bible and, and like the church in Sardis in Revelation chapter 3 verse 1 and says you have a name that you're alive but you're dead. Well, they weren't physically dead. And they were Christians. They were alive in Christ but they weren't living in Christ. Oh, I, I need to say that again. <clears throat> they were Christians. <clears throat> Excuse me. They were born again. <clears throat> <clears throat> Sorry, sinuses here in northeast Texas. Beautiful trees. They were filled with the Spirit of God. They were alive in Christ, but they weren't living in Christ because Jesus said, although you have a name through all that you're doing, wow, you got a name that you're alive, but you're dead. When the Lord says you're dead, that means your faith is dead. Because if the Lord calls his children dead, that means he's talking about their faith because faith is how we live. We, the just shall live by faith. And if we're not living, it's because our faith is dead. Now that doesn't mean there's all not that that doesn't mean there's not all sorts of things going on. There's churches in every town and city in America who have things going on oh so much. Oh, the, oh my goodness to look at. And they, they told me, one guy told me, if you come to our church, you'll never go back to your church. <clears throat> of course, he's talking about how I'd feel in his church with the lights off and the, and the music and all the things there. How I feel. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, just because you got a name that you're alive and that just because you got a name that and everybody says, oh, that's a church alive and worth a drive, that don't mean Jesus is saying you're alive. The only way Jesus will say you're alive 
and you're living, not just alive in Him in your position, but living in Him, following after the Holy Spirit, who's the only one who can produce and manifest the life of Christ in us, is if we're trusting in the death of Jesus. Go ahead and just say it today. The death of Jesus, the climax of His ministry, the place where He identified with an open door to you and me. Nowhere else, not in all the miracles. There was no open door for anybody until the blood was shed. There's where the door was open. The, the, the veil of the temple was rent. There's where He invited all entrance into the body of Christ right there on the cross, the body of Christ. Look at that in a different way today. Not people today all over the earth in all sorts of denominations and churches. The body of, the very body of Christ at Calvary on the cross was where all Christians were placed in that death, Romans 6, 3, when they were born again, if they were born again according to the Bible. <clears throat> Amen. We weren't born again when we were baptized in water. Why? Because that's what we do. We're not saved by what we do. We're not delivered by what we do. Faith doesn't work by what we do. Faith is in the work of Christ at Calvary, then the Holy Spirit who works only according to that law, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, 2. We better know that today. Faith, I'm not given faith because what I do. I'm not given faith because of what I do. I'm given the measure of faith because what Christ did. We need to remember that. When God determines whether a people are alive or dead, we're talking about inexperience. If, if someone's been born again, which means they've trusted exclusively in the death of Jesus, the shedding of His blood for the forgiveness of their sins, then they have the Spirit of God. They're born again. They're a part of the body of Christ. Now, outside of that exclusive avenue, nobody's born again. I don't care what they bring to the table and what they say. doesn't matter. The exclusive place God has found is at the cross. In His Son's work there in death, opening the door for all to enter and to become a part of the body of Christ. And what God looks at to determine if we're dead or alive in our experience daily is what we're trusting in. He declared you alive in Christ when you trusted in Christ. Think that two-letter word, in, means inside something. When you trusted in his death, Romans 6.3, the Holy Spirit immersed you into the very place your faith was placed. You were immersed into that death when you trusted in what he did in his body on the cross. But get that. And what God, God's eye, listen, the Bible says God's eyes go to and fro throughout the whole earth seeking... <clears throat> whom he may show his strength on behalf of. And it's those who <coughs> he finds loyal. Those he finds faithful. Well, who are they? 
Who are those the Lord finds faithful? Those who are trusting in what His Son did <coughs> by faith. Jesus Christ. What God looks at to determine whether I'm going to experience life or death today is what I'm trusting in. When we were born again, the Lord gave us the measure of faith. Let's look at that, Romans 12 and 3. Let's turn there and look at that today. And, and we really should, we really should, uh, because we have plenty of time. Let's back up Romans 12 and verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now, this is going to bless you today. Holy, acceptable unto God. Now, this is Christians. This is a letter to Christians in, in the church in Rome. I beseech you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now the word reasonable comes from the root word logos. Oh, I told you you would be blessed. The, the word reasonable comes from the root word logos. So, and the word service, really, I've looked it up before. I'm pretty sure that its meaning is worship. Worship. So, when we read this, we should understand that our reasonable service is presenting our bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God according to His Word as worship. Again, the word reasonable comes from the root word logos, which means the Word of God. And the word service means worship. So I'll let you as the student of God's Word that I know many of you are, take that and run with it and you will be blessed and edified when you begin to look at that. But watch. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's where we think that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This, this, is, this is what our reasonable service will do. It will renew our minds, our thinking, so that we will be living, not just alive in Christ, but living in Christ, walking, following after the spirit of life, experiencing the will of God. I've got to keep saying this. The Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the Spirit of grace, God, the third person of Godhead, the Holy Ghost, was not given to the church to carry out the will of the church. So many people today, you just get online and Google it. Oh my goodness, it's a, they're a dime a dozen on how to tap into the Holy Spirit. Oh, tap in, read my book. I'll teach you how to tap into the Holy Spirit. The cross of Christ 
<laughs> Faith in the cross of Christ alone is what, the, I don't even like using the phrase, tapping in to the Holy Spirit. He, he's actually trying to tap into our hearts and wake us up and guide us further into the truth, which is the will of God for all of our lives. Remember, remember that we're to be presenting our bodies a living sacrifice, holy, which only takes place through faith in the cross that results in the fruit of righteousness because holiness is only from and through righteousness. Righteousness is under holiness. Romans 6, 17 through 22. Now watch this. Verse 3, here it comes. For I say, now what he's just said, verse 3 starts out with a because. Because I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, the church there in Rome, Christians, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. According, here comes how we think soberly, here comes the avenue of mind renewal and the only avenue of mind renewal. Here comes the avenue and the only avenue of presenting our bodies a living sacrifice. Get ready. There's not two. There's not three. There's one. Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure, the measure, not a measure. You don't have more than me and I have more than you. That's hogwash. God has dealt to every one of his children the measure of faith. It's measured out of the faith of the Son of God that loved us and overcame, gave himself for us at Calvary. That's where the measure you have came from. Peter calls it like precious faith. Second Peter 1 and 1 that we've obtained. We didn't work it up. We obtained it through the righteousness of God which took place at Calvary. There's where the righteous work took place and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now watch. The only avenue of sober thinking is through faith in the cross. Do you know there's a big movement and it's been around for years now. It's just foolishness. It's witchcraft. It's unbiblical. And so many people get so mad when they hear these things because they're bound in it. They don't see themselves bound and dominated by the sin nature and the devil because the devil is involved in all self-transformation. <clears throat> Read what Paul told the church in Corinth. Don't marvel that Satan transforms himself as an angel of light. And his ministers also as, they're not, but they, are, they transform themselves as ministers of righteousness, which they are not. Righteousness comes exclusively through faith in the death of Jesus. Initially, God declaring you righteous and for any 
opportunity to bear the fruits of his righteousness, you're going to have to maintain your faith, your trust, your dependence daily in what Jesus did at the cross. When you move on from that, you've moved back to where you were before you came into the faith, self, self. That's where the sin nature begins to reign again. And Paul said it in Romans 7, 9. I was alive once without the law. Well, Paul in his whole life was never without the law except the moment he was born again without the law. So don't give me that stuff that, that Romans 7 was about Paul speaking of uh, some before born again experience. He wasn't. He said he was alive once without the law. Remember, before he was born again, he was never without the law. He was born under the law, bound by the law, kept under the law. So for Paul to declare in Romans 7, 9, I'm alive. I was alive once without the law, that's talking about his born again experience. But watch what he says there in Romans 7, 9. But when the commandment came, <coughs> that means when he looked back to the law of commandments, when he thought before he learned what, what the Lord gave him, the avenue of victory and triumph, before he learned that, he looked back to the law of commandments and he said, and you know what he wrote? He said, but when the commandment came, the sin nature revived. That's what the word sin revived there. It doesn't mean sin revived. What revived there? The sin nature revived. And Paul said, to confirm what Jesus told the church in Sardis, you're dead. Paul had already said it when he wrote the book of Romans. He said, the sin nature revived and I died. Paul wasn't physically dead. He was just now walking in an unfruitful place because faith outside the sacrifice of Christ, there will be no fruit. You can be deceived and slain by the sin nature. Read couple verses down in Romans chapter 7, verse 11. The sin nature revives when we're trusting in anything other than the cross of Christ. And you can't say, well, I'm trusting in the cross and be trusting in anything else. A mixture eliminates the grace. A mixture eliminates... Because, hear me, hear me. A mixture, maybe not with my lips but a mixture from my heart is telling God, and that's what he's looking at, why I think I need this stuff, other stuff I'm trusting in. From my heart, I declare to God, the cross wasn't really enough for all that I need. The cross wasn't enough for my every victory. The I need a psychiatrist. I need a psychologist. No, the cross, God, wasn't really enough. I'm not, I'm not really as complete as I need to be because of the cross, so therefore I, I begin to dabble. Know this. If there's a mixture, what's being mixed is self because everything outside of faith in the cross is faith in self. I can do this. I can go see this guy. I can make this call to this program. I, I can enroll in this. I, I, I can be in this and they can give me these steps. I ministered at a woman's home one time several years ago and on the platform behind me were many 
educated and had the appearance of very scholarly uh, men who owned and worked and supported the facility where I was at, which was a women's home. And, and there was at least 200 women there wearing orange jumpsuits there that day. And it was a graduation day and there were family members on this side, as many family members more than there were women on this side. And it was a full auditorium. And I told those ladies there, even with those men behind me, that the steps they've taught you in here are not going to keep you from coming back in here. Most likely, the steps they've given you are going to put you back in here. Because one step, two step, three step, anything other than faith in a, a crucified, buried and risen Savior, you're just doing things and trusting in self and the Holy Spirit can't work in that. And when you disagree and say, well, he does sometimes, you, you don't understand the exclusivity of God's approach that he allows men or the exclusivity in which he saves and delivers and all that he does. And you probably would have said, well, you're trying to put God in a box. No, God Jesus himself has said this way is so narrow, there's going to be few that find it. A lot of them that think they've found the way of life, it's only that which seems right. And the end of what they're trusting in, which is self, if it's not the sacrifice of Christ, is death. You see, it is that simple, it is that right, and it is that narrow. Some people have said about us, just like they said about the Apostle Paul, they, they, man, they make it too narrow. They make it sound like nobody can get in. No, 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 we don't. The invitation to be saved from sin is to all the world. Anybody can be saved, but not just any way they want to. Any of God's people can live in victory, but not just any way they choose to go about it. And we're living in the last days, the last few moments I believe moments, and we're living in the apostate church age, the backslidden church age. You and I are going to be amazed to find out when the rapture takes place, when the Lord comes for his bride, there's not near as many people going to be going as what thinks. And I believe that's what's going to give the Antichrist a, a, a part of the reason. It's going to give him... Uh, uh, the, 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 the entrance that he's going to be able to take because there's going to be many left behind that thinks they're the church. And Daniel 11 says that, that this Antichrist, this one filled with the spirit of Satan, the Antichrist, is going to come in through flatteries. He's going to flatter his way in. And he's going to use scripture to do it. And I'm telling you, there's not near as many people calling themselves God's people in the faith with oil in their lamps who's enduring to the end to be saved, who's holding fast that hope of confidence they had at the beginning. There's not near as many as you think. I believe the, the nation of Israel represents what's going to happen among the church in the church age as well. I believe it. I mean, if what's written about Israel in days of old, is our end sample, and the Bible says it is, the end sample is the stamp, it's the form, it's the die. It's what you look at to see what's going to happen all over again. 
Because God says in His Word there's nothing new under the sun. And what has been will be again. And only a remnant of Israel was saved and went into the promised land. And only a remnant of Israel will be saved, a minute remnant, remnant at the end of the great tribulation. You better hear me today, church. I hope this brings the fear of the Lord into your heart. And your heart begins to tremble before the Lord because only a remnant of what gives its name, Christianity, is going to make it. I hope you understand it. All these heresies and damnable lies that are told to make us feel good and help us to pretend that we're okay and we're going to make it all the way. We better get back in the Word of God to have the light and the oil to make it and to be able to hear that call and be gone when He comes for us. Hallelujah. You know, Isaiah 28, I believe it is, verses 15 through 18. That's a guess. It's close to that. The Lord through Isaiah says, I don't care what covenants and agreements you've made with hell and death. I don't care, God says. You've come together. You've had great meetings of unity. You've got your own agreements with death and hell. God says through Isaiah, you can make all that you want. But when it's all said and done, when the dust settles, you and your agreements and all the things you've made up with, about death and hell, they're going to be washed away. They're not going to stand. We better get back in God's Word and we better value more of what God's Word says than what, I, than what Grandma might have thought or Daddy or Mama or Husband. We better just stick with the Word of God and allow our hearts to tremble before God because Isaiah chapter 66, the Bible says that's who the Lord's looking upon, those that tremble in His Word. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Watch this now. Verse 3, chapter 12, Romans. This measure of faith we've been given, it's been given to us for a purpose so that we won't think more highly of our self than we ought to think. But to think soberly. Every time I read this scripture and hear that word soberly, I think of the big movement, uh, uh, the big damnable lie. And I listen, you're never going to hear me say, and I believe when preachers try to milk it down and, and even try to say that God was in part of it, it's all a lie. Nowhere does God tell us we need to be drunk in the Spirit. That's the devil saying that. Nowhere you're going to find that. What you are going to find is sober-minded. Sober and sober-minded is all related to what Jesus did at Calvary because that's how he dealt to us the measure of faith. Remember 2 Peter 1 and 1? I hope you're writing it down. If you've been lied to all these years by liars, 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 their pants are going to be on fire, my friend, coming soon, and you're going to see it happen. We obtain this like precious faith we have through the righteousness of God in our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. That means through what He did at Calvary, Galatians 2.20. We live by the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave Himself for us. That's what He did by grace through the faith He lived by and died by and was raised on the third day by. You need to hear that. 
Outside of faith in that, trusting in that, the mind is not sober. The mind is not sober, and when the mind is not sober, we think more highly of ourselves than we ought. That's just the way it is. Now, the devil brings mixtures to the table. The devil, the devil says, no, it's just not that absolute. See, and that's what, listen, that's what Christians, even Christians, hate more than anything. The Christians say the world hates the absolute way into the kingdom, the absolute one and only narrow way in the kingdom. But the church, hear me well, and I used to be one in this sinking boat. The church hates the narrow and exclusive way through which Christ works. Faith works. Because if it's not faith in Jesus and what he did at Calvary, it's a dead faith. Because it's not what we go do and say that we're doing this because of our faith. It's what the Holy Spirit has to be working in and through us. And again... Faith seen by men doesn't prove that it's Bible faith. For we can be involved in things the Bible says that seem right, but the end of that's only death. Those that didn't repent who were called out in the church in Sardis in Revelation chapter 3 verse 1, those that didn't repent, their faith remained dead. But I'm going to tell you, it didn't end well for them. It did not end well for them. Don't think you can just take God's word and do with it what you want to. You know, that's the big lie. That's, that, that's the lie that's in the church today. Well, that's not how we see it. Well, that's not how we see it. And the reason there's a difference of a view is because it's all blurred vision unless we're looking through the blood at it. And when we do, then we can be in agreement and have the unity of the faith of the Son of God. Hallelujah. We're not all there. And that's why Ephesians 4 says there's preachers, teachers, pastors, evangelists, apostles, all the, those five-fold ministry there is because we're not all in the unity of the faith. And the false fivefold ministers are a part of the self-transformational. They might even tell you it's about what Jesus did, but then they tell you it's also you have to, that's self bring, being brought in the mixture. And all I have to do is keep trusting in what Christ did to me for me at Calvary. We need to remember that. Faith in the cross is the only prevention of self-exaltation. Let me say that again. I, I wrote this down in my notes as I studied for today's broadcast. Faith in the cross, thinking sober. Faith in the cross is the only preventative that God offers from thinking more highly of myself than I ought to. Faith in the cross is the only prevention. It's the only prevention from self-exaltation. It's the only prevention from being drunk 
instead of sober. We need to remember these things. Let me read this. Faith in the cross is the only prevention from self-exaltation. Faith in the cross is the only way the Lord will establish our thinking instead of us deceiving ourselves. Remember Proverbs 16.3, write it down, make a note. The Lord has promised to establish our thinking if we commit our works unto Him. Get that. The Lord establishes our thinking. The Lord brings about our sober thinking if we commit our works unto Him. Well, what are our works? See, it sounds like if we go to work, then the Lord... No, our works, Jesus gave the answer to those that surrounded Him and said and asked Him, what must we do to do the works of God? Jesus said, believe upon the one God sent. Think about that. And let me make the statement again today. We live the way we live. We function the way we function because we think the way we think. And we think the way we think because we believe we're trusting in what we're trusting in. It's all rooted in what we're trusting in. And it goes back to if the works aren't there, the faith is dead. Let's, let's, let's talk about that. The Lord never directs our faith to be in anything except that which allows Him to establish our thinking, which He does that in His righteousness. Write it down. Here's another scripture, Isaiah 54, 14. Now we're going to go look at that together today. Isaiah 54, 14. I love our little personal Bible studies like this. I hope you do. I hope you're getting a blessing out of this like I am because this is us studying the Bible together. You can make your comments and notes there. If I miss something, you can throw it in. Lots of times some of you do. I'm struggling to try to think of something and after the broadcast, I, I look so I can pray for you all and I see someone, oh, there it is. That's what I was looking for. And, and you can always, I hope you hear me saying thank you, brother, thank you, sister, because I, I, I appreciate that input there. And although it it's not a live input. It helps me later. It blesses me later. I need it, and I'll admit it. I need it. I need you. You need me. This is our Bible study together. Isaiah 54 and 14. In righteousness shall you be established. Nowhere else does God establish. That's why the, 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 the measure, the like pressure, this precious measure of faith we receive came through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. That means what He did at Calvary. Because it, it had to come from there because that's the only avenue through which God saves and establishes the work of Christ, the righteousness. Watch. In righteousness you shall be established. Oh, this is good. You shall be far from oppression. Where does oppression take place? What's oppressed? Our minds. For you shall not fear. Where does fear happen? Our minds. Based on our thoughts, our thinking. Get it? You, you shall not fear. 
and from terror because it shall not come near you. Who, where's the place that I'm, oh, somebody needs to hear this today and let us be like little children and just simply believe the Bible truth today. Where is it that I'm going to find myself far from oppression? That means far from thoughts that are driving me into oppression, holding me in oppression. Where am I going to find myself not fearing these things? Where am I going to find myself in a place where terror is not able to come near me? Where? In the righteousness, in the righteousness of God. God said He would establish my thoughts if I commit my works unto Him. Commit myself unto my faithful God through trusting in, dependence upon, faith in what Jesus did for me at the cross. That, that one and only righteous work there that all righteousness flows out of. Commit myself to trusting in that alone. And that faith, my friend, will never be called dead by God because it will have the working of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of life. And oppression will begin to fall away. As my faith and trust is in Jesus and what He did at Calvary, and I see more and more my identity with Him there through my faith, and that I, as the old man, and all the oppression and depression and fear and terror were, were, were crucified there. And when I commit my works unto Him, that means I'm committing my life over to Him through faith in the death of His Son. I'm committing now and admitting confessing, declaring that my works now are the works of the Holy Spirit in me and through me, through that law in which He works, Romans 8 and 2, in Christ Jesus. Let me say it again. Just because I'm in Christ doesn't mean I'm walking in Christ. Just because when I was born again, I was placed into Christ also into the Spirit, Romans 8 and 9. Doesn't mean I'm walking after Christ or doesn't mean I'm walking after the Spirit. Colossians 2 and 6 reveals how we are to walk in Christ. And it's through faith, the same faith in which we received Christ, which was faith in His death. Hallelujah. I know this is a blessing to you. I don't need a psychologist. I don't need a psychiatrist. And when the devil comes and brings a case or brings somebody on the scene that says, well, this message is not working for them, remember the Bible says there's got to be faith. And if they're so demonic, if they're so tormented, if they're so bound, then the Bible also says that believers, those who are believers, will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. They will also cast out devils, my friend. Don't write off the power of God that's among those who are believers, true believers. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Glory to God. Anybody hearing this today? Anybody understanding what the Lord's trying to say to us today? That faith works. People say, 
people have said and many are saying today, well, I tried that cross stuff. I tried that. It didn't work for me. That means they never from the heart trusted in it. They only thought about it a little bit. Oh, my friend, it's not a thought in my head. It's a reality in my heart because it's as a man thinketh in his heart, hallelujah, that he finds himself being what he is, living as who he really is. And that's a Christian if you've trusted in Christ. If you've trusted in Christ. When people say, I tried the way of the cross and it didn't work, they don't know what it means. Here's what it means. Christ died for me. I'm depending upon that, not just as a historical fact. I'm giving myself over to that. In all reality, I am reckoning myself to be dead indeed to the sin nature that he put away. The old Curtis was put away 2,000 years ago. The old Curtis and all his sins, all his shortcomings, all his weaknesses, all the things that had him bound and held in chains, uh, uh, every single thing that had him oppressed and depressed and, and, and tied up in all the world, I was separated there from the world and the world from me 2,000 years ago, manifest in my life in the year of 1972. Now, did I see it all when I was born again? No. Did, did, did I have it all right when I was born again? No. But there would come a day when I would finally see the light of Christ and what he did at Calvary for my daily victory, my daily experience of things that I don't need, that are hindering and distracting me to be removed from me. Hallelujah to the Lamb. It's not I, I think about it a couple times and it didn't work for me. No, it's what I, listen to me very carefully, it's what I surrender to. People say, well, I finally surrendered and got in church. I finally surrendered to God and got in church and all that didn't work for me. I got in there and found out people got more problems than I got. Listen, what we surrender to, my friend, is not a church or a preacher. What we surrender to is a place of death. That, that's the only acknowledgement of surrender God accepts. I surrendered and finally did this. No, God's looking for your surrender to die. To have faith to the degree in Christ, the only faith God honors, is that His Son was given on your behalf to be identified with you as the sinner you are, as all of your sins and shortcomings and attempts to try to be like God or live for God were placed upon Him and that He identified Himself with you as what you were with no way to God. And all our sin was placed upon Him and God's looking for a faith from the heart, a trust and dependence, a belief from the heart and identification with that if He died for me, I believe I died with Him. And every day of my life, I'm going to trust in what happened to me there. Can I say to you today that I'm so glad that Jesus did on the cross what he did to the devil and the world.
But hear me today when I say I'm the most glad about what Jesus did to me on the cross. Glory to God. Jesus defeated the devil. Jesus took the power of death away from the devil. Jesus separated the world from all believers and believers from all the world. Galatians 6.14 tells us that. That's why it tells us we better not be boasting in anything other than what God did in His Son at the cross alone to separate me from the world and the world from me. God forbids we boast in glory in anything other than the cross. We need to think about these things. I'm so glad Jesus did on the cross what He did to the devil and the world and everything else that was affected. But mostly, above all, I'm glad that he got rid of the old Curtis, the old man that couldn't live for God. That even when he'd have uh, attempts to try to be good, he couldn't because there's no way except through the death of Jesus. I'm glad he got rid of me and made a brand new me in him and only in him and walking in him does that new man experience the newness of life. I hope you're getting that today. That's why the New Testament says, put on Christ. That means keep your faith in what puts you in Him and cloaked you with His honor and glory and majesty. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Glory to God. Romans 12, 3. Let's read it again. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think soberly. According to sober thinking is according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. How did God deal to us the measure of faith? Peter wrote it, 2 Peter 1 and 1. I hope if you haven't written it down, you do. And you go and look at it with these eye bulbs again today. This like precious faith that we've obtained, we obtained it through the righteousness of God and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. This has been a wonderful broadcast, a wonderful Bible study today. I will let you in on a little mystery. When you write things down and you go back and read them again and maybe again and again, you will find the Spirit of God moving in your heart if it is the truth and the righteousness of God's Word. You will find the Spirit of God stirring your heart and guiding you on into more truth. And when He's able to do that, with learning the truth, that means the experience of truth. That means liberty and freedom. We have been made free from sin, but it's time we learn to be free from, because we're free from the sin nature and the guilt and the shame of sin, to be free from all these other tentacles of the world. And Satan is a liar himself in our own flesh that we still have to deal with. It's time we learn how to be more free than we ever have been. And you won't be outside that mind renewal, that conforming process under the image 
of the Son of God that saved us and gave himself for us. Remember that. I know you've been blessed if you have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying today. I encourage you to watch us every time we're online. That's Sunday mornings at 10, Wednesday nights at 6.40. That's Monday mornings and Thursday mornings at 8.30 a.m. Central Time for our Hebrews Bible study. And of course, every Friday morning for our cross time with Pastor Curtis. Specific study right now, Bible faith in light of the cross. Nothing like it, nothing like it. I am being tremendously blessed and edified and encouraged by the Spirit of truth as He guides us further along this path of victory. Help us share and publish the Word of God by not just liking the post, not just commenting on the post. Praise God for all of that. But hit the share button. Become a part of publishing the truth of God's Word that will set so many people free, save so many lost souls, and bring so many wandering souls that are the Lord's people in other pastures back to those green pastures found only through faith exclusively in the cross of Jesus Christ. You could pray for us. If the Lord stirs your heart to give to the ministry, you can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com. And you can also sow to this ministry by texting the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. Thank you for your help. Thank you for being obedient. Thank you for loving the Lord and being found faithful to Him. We see it. We're thankful for every one of you. And we're praying that there become more of us in the unity of of the faith of the Son of God. God bless you. I'll see you Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.